All right. There's a microphone right under the seat if y'all want to use both of them. Thank you, Caleb. All right. Here we go. Okay. Hi, good morning. So um, today I'm going to be sharing a little bit about um, the journey that God has Caleb and I on um, and how you can join us in what we're stepping into. Um, and there's a lot of exciting things that the Lord's been opening up for us uh, and things like that. So, um, so I want to share a little bit about our journey, share about where we're going, um, but I mostly wanted to share about the goodness of the Lord um, and the ways that he has just held us through this last season, and um, hopefully you can take something out of it, too. Um, but uh, so Caleb and I are um, not from Richmond, if you did not know. We moved here four years ago, right after we got married. Um, and I am from PA. I'm from the north. Um, and Richmond's, like, not that far away, but it is, like, way the south down here and stuff like I remember like coming here and like I didn't think like oh it's just you know we're just Virginia it's not that far away but um yeah it's definitely like more the south like I've started to like pick up like some southern habits like I started saying y'all and like before like when I lived in PA I'd be like oh my gosh why do people say y'all like that's so annoying and stuff like that like watch like Paula Dean and be like got your butter y'all and stuff like that be like the why and stuff and now I say it and um started like making like sweet tea and stuff like people in the north don't like we know like Caleb and I always say we always know if we're in the north for a restaurant we say like can we get sweet tea and they're like we got regular tea and there's sugar on the table and it's just like is not the same thing um, and stuff and like also much more likely to start a conversation with someone at the grocery store now like up north you don't like look at people you don't know if someone's like talking to you like I don't know you why are you talking to me and stuff so I talk to people all the time now now especially I have kids like everybody thinks they can talk to you when you have kids and stuff so that's fun I just like smile and nod a lot I'm like I'm just here for milk but okay <laughs> So um, the only thing I don't like understand that's like Southern is like monogramming everything. I'm still confused by that. Like you have to have your monogram on like your sweater, on your coffee mug. People monogram their car. I really don't get that. Like I don't know why you gotta, why you gotta personalize your car like that, but you do you. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, so Caleb and I, we've been in Richmond now for four years, becoming more Southern, enjoying warmer winters. That's been really good. Um, but the Lord's really been doing a lot of good stuff in our lives, opening up some new exciting things. Um, and the past four years have very much been an adventure. There's been a lot of ups and downs. Um, it's been really challenging at times, but God's always been so good to us and taking care of us. Um, and the last season has been stretching in a lot of ways. Um, and the Lord's really matured us and um, strengthened our hearts. Um, and I want to share with you some of the wisdom that the Lord's given us and um, hopefully it encourages you for the season that you're in right now. Um, there's a saying like, a smart man learns from his own mistakes, but a wise man learns from the mistakes of others. So I'm hoping you can take away, I don't feel like I made like mistakes per se, but like God taught us some stuff. So um, hopefully you can take away from that. So 
Um, so Caleb and I um, met each other at Randy Clark's Ministry School. Um, we, I went there um, pretty much, I took a gap year, but I went there after high school. Um, and Caleb was actually here in Richmond. Um, he and his parents had moved out here from Wisconsin to work with the church. And the director of the ministry school had come down to the church that they were working at um, for uh, a weekend or something and offered Caleb a full scholarship to go to his ministry school. So Caleb went to ministry school too, um, and we started dating a little bit into our first year and then got engaged the following year. Um, but we really like both uh, strongly felt like God was calling us to missions. We always like knew we were going to get married like pretty much right away. Um, which was a little weird, but it was good, I guess. Um, Caleb, Caleb was actually my first boyfriend, and I was Caleb's uh, first girlfriend. So that was, like, that was really special. So, yeah, first love. Aw. So, um, so, yeah. Uh, but we always really strongly felt that God called us to missions and that we'd be doing missions as a family. We got uh, quite a few words about that. Um, and then Caleb's uh, parents had, uh, after a while, like, kind of tossed out the idea about us moving down to Richmond and working with them um, with a church plant that they were starting to take over that was connected with um, the Richmond House of Prayer. And so we were talking about it, and we, like, we weren't, like, sure, because Richmond was kind of left field for us. We were um, really fell a pool to China. We had gone on a missions trip there and loved it, and God had really placed that um, nation on our heart. Um, so we're, like, kind of talking about it and stuff, and we said, you know, I don't think we're going to be in Richmond forever. I think we'll be here for a few years, and that Richmond is going to be a launching pad for us into the next season of, of whatever the Lord has for us. Um, and we came down here, and we met with Sherry Moore, um, who um, had founded the House of Prayer with her husband, and we were talking to her about coming down. She was talking to us. We just kind of sat there and, like, listened the whole time. She's quite a talker. Um... <laughs> But, um, but she said, I feel like Richmond's going to be a launching pad for you guys. And we're like, okay. It was like the exact same word. So um, to us, that was like God confirming us uh, for us to come down. So our plan was we're going to work with this church plan and help out with the house of prayer and with um, its parent ministry, Common Thread, as needed and stuff like that. So, uh, so we get married August 2015. We move down here right after we take our honeymoon. And then, uh, I don't know, like two or three weeks after we moved here, Caleb had this dream um, about driving a car. Um, and we were driving a car in, like, darkness, but, like, the map was being revealed, like, as we were driving. And the first car was a gray Oldsmobile Alero, which was the literal car that we had at the time. Um, and then that car got totaled, and in real life, that car got totaled, unfortunately. Um, and then we were driving in a Ford Fusion, and then after that, we were in a blue Dodge Caravan, which is the car that we currently have right now. Um, and then we were offered to ride in a yellow gold luxury car. Um, There's somebody else that was driving it and said, hey, why don't you ride with me, and I'll teach you how to drive. And we said, nee, that's a little, like, too nice. Do you guys ever do that? You're like, that's a little, like, too nice. I don't know if I can have that. Um, <laughs> and, um, and the car is being dr driven by a man um, named Jamie Galloway, um, who is a uh, prophetic minister um, under Global Awakening. 
Um, and But after a while, we changed our minds, decided to get in the car, because it is actually pretty dang nice. And so, um, so Jamie Galloway's teaching us how to drive, and we're driving along through the desert, and there are golden cities rising up out of the sand, and we were talking about what we wanted to prophetically impart from the heart of God into those golden cities. So Caleb, like, tells me about that dream. We were like, cool, that's interesting. Um, and then we kind of, like, time goes on, you kind of, you know, forget about stuff like that. So, um, so time is going on uh, physically, and we don't really feel like we're building a whole lot of momentum in ministry. We don't feel like things are picking up, um, and that we're, like, gaining uh, practical tasks to do and things like that. Uh, um, and we had just come out of ministry school, so we're, like, super amped up. We're, like, really ready to go and stuff. We've been doing ministry all the time. Um, we would, um, at uh, the ministry school, we would always be um, the ministry team for any of the conferences, and so when people would want to come up for healing or be ministered to or whatever, it was always the students, and sometimes we were there for, like, a long time. I think there were some nights we were there till like, 11, at least later, maybe. It was a long time, just praying for, like, one person after another and stuff like that. So that's what we're, like, used to, like, this kind of more intense um, thing and uh, we kind of were, like, ready to go full steam ahead and things, like, really slowed down. Um, so, like, in contrast to all of this, uh, I had gone up to PA for a week, uh, summer of 2016, to work with a family camp, and I was one of the youth leaders, um, and uh, all of the kids that were there got filled with the Holy Spirit, and, like, one night, like, all, like, started, like, falling out on the for, and these kids, like, had no grid for it. They had, like, no grid for the Holy Spirit and stuff, um, and, uh, the, the family camp is interesting. It can, like, there's, they try to be very accepting, and sometimes it becomes a little lukewarm and all of that, um, but anyway, so all these kids encounter the Holy Spirit, and they all say, like, at the end of the week, man, I feel like I met God for the first time, and, like, I feel like I actually know who God is now and things like that, um, all of them wanted to get baptized at the end of the week. We baptized them all in a pool. It was really awesome and stuff. And so we're, that was really great and cool. And, but we're confused because, like, we had more fruit, like, this one week in PA than we had, like, felt like our whole year in Richmond. Um, so, um, so, um, so then around Thanksgiving each of 2016, Kale's parents tell us they think they're going to shut down the church plant. Um, and we're just kind of questioning, like, should we stay in Richmond anymore? Um, we feel like all the things that we came down here for, we don't really feel like we're, it's working out. We don't feel like anything's working out that we moved here for. And so we start to wonder, like, are we supposed to be here anymore? And so we start praying um, to God, like, should we stay here in Richmond? Or maybe we should go back to PA, work with our church up there. Um, And we, like, had, like, radio silence from God. We heard nothing, um, which is frustrating. (laughs) Um, And But our prayer was, God, you got to change things up or we have to go. We can't do this anymore. Um, and we go up to PA for Christmas to be with my family, and there was just no peace about going there. It just felt not right. Like, the idea of coming back there to live just didn't feel like it would be a good idea. So we stayed in Richmond, and at the time, we were very much not excited. Um, We were kind of, like, a little begrudgingly coming back to Richmond. We're like, okay, we're here again. Let's 
try to figure this out. And then um, pretty quickly after that, God really started opening up some doors for us. Um, and we had a lot of things that we were working on um, and stuff like that. We became the directors of the House of Prayer. Um, and we're working on, we were working on like increasing the amount of prayer sets and things like that. Um, and Caleb starts working with Awaken the Dawn and um, ended up being the, uh, the director for Virginia. Yeah. So, um, so we have things to do and we're getting more and more involved in Richmond um, and stuff like that. So, um, so do you want to come up and talk about maps and stuff? Yeah, so at that season, we uh, started doing the uh, House of Prayer. And it was the funny thing. Uh, really had to, we're still printing our fleece out before God's about 20 times. Because when you bring your family, especially now that I have children, it's like, this is, this, this not, it's not light, you know. It's like, you know, that's, I'm bringing my child to a very uh, challenging place. But. I always, the Lord reminds me, and also it's like, to my parents and my heritage, the yes that my parents gave speak louder than anything else. And I want my child and my family to be marked by our yes to God, no matter the season, no matter the assignment. So that's what we're in a place of saying, yes to anything that you have in us. And right now, the Middle, the Middle East doesn't have much missions. Actually, it's one missionary for every 400,000 unreached Muslims in the Middle East. Um, we're sending over 90% of our, or 96% of all of our young missionaries to people that are already reached in a global sense. Um, America alone has enough leaders to see the Great Commission through to completion and enough wealth to do so easily. Yet, we only send about 1% of every dollar that we give to missions goes to unreached people groups. Um, and 3% of the missionaries uh, go to those with no access to the gospel. Um, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. In the Middle East, we, um, with Sherry Moore, within the last couple of years, we've actually had a lot of interaction with the Middle East, actually, which is interesting. It's like God's preparation for this next season for us. Um, the Middle East, God is encountering people in that region. The common form of evangelism and breakthroughs, people literally having dreams, visions, encounters, and seeing the eyes of Jesus or seeing the, 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 the pierced hands. And people are like, and saying, I've seen Jesus in a dream. It's common. We actually have a good friend of ours that we got connected to recently. He was doing evan uh, apologetics missions for five years. He's seen no fruit. So he gave up, essentially. Started praying a lot. Became a house of prayer. Let me just add his own. He started doing prayer. Within about uh, three months, people started coming to his door saying, I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus. Since then, now they're having a full house of prayer. I use quotation marks as they pretty much just did a lot of prayer in their house um, and worship, and to the point now it's like a large thing. Um, but the, there's a t missional terminology for the 1040 window called a brass or bronze heaven. It's brass or bronze heaven. It pretty much means because those cultures religiously and spiritually are do a lot of prayer and worship in themselves. Um, Muslims do seven days or seven days a week five times a day, right? And, uh, and, and Buddhism, all the same. They're very much prayer and worship, and they have such a saturation that when you apologetically, or you, if you know what I mean, share the gospel, it really comes very often to a deaf ear because they don't even view a spiritual uh, practice as a set of doctrines. They see it as a, an experience to God. So 
in the last probably decade plus, the Middle East has transformed in its missional purpose and seen fruit change because we've came into there not so much apologetic place, but, but through intimacy and diving into the place of worship. So we're breaking open the heavens, breaking open the brass heavens, sorry, um, and uh, seeing a harvest in that region. So we're excited for the fact that there is a lack of laborers, but there's a great harvest. And we are in this next probably two-year span going to start working extensively into that region as a family. So that's our change of season this year. 2019 was a very hard year in some of the practical senses, but that's the new assignment. Partially we have, but also we're diving deeper into Richmond. We want to help sustain and increase the culture of prayer. And we believe that Richmond is culturally really at a tipping point when it comes to prayer and worship. Sherry had a dream back in the beginning of the year, the value and the importance that, what was it, a word? So, um, <laughs> this is why Joanna. <laughs> no, so um, Sherry was, I think it was around the time that MAPS was, I think, starting to think about coming mm-hmm. to Richmond. Sherry what, had been on a missions trip to Egypt, was flying back, and um, she was like super tired, was falling asleep, and the Lord like really clearly said to her, Richmond will never reach its destiny without day and night prayer. And um, there's like, I've I don't, know. I, forget, I don't know what point you were trying to make. Um, yes, we believe that uh, the Davidic heart for worship is not so much an institutional, but it's the heart of a city and a community to dive into the place of worship and prayer. And when we do that, it breaks the yokes and brings the fullness of destiny and purpose to the city of Richmond. And we believe that night and day prayer and worship is a key to unlocking and showing off what God has intended for the destiny of this city. So while we're here in Richmond, we've been laboring into that, and we want to continue laboring into that. But we also believe Richmond is sending to the nations. And we believe we're in a season that we, when we were driving in our car the first time we were coming to Richmond, and we felt like the word, we had a word catapulted into nations. I literally felt the word five years. This summer it will be five years, actually. So we're precisely in the season of God's grace. Amen. So yes, please, we want to invite you guys to join in our journey. There is a practical weightiness to spiritual aspects. We very much value prayer and prophetic clarity in these seasons because we're bringing our family into a dangerous place. But we believe that there's no safer place than the center of the will of God. But that doesn't mean that prayer is still very valuable in this uh, challenging and interesting season. But also because of the shift of our assignment and the capacity of Richmond and our missional purpose so far, I've been working a full-time construction job and in the evenings coordinating prayer meetings and going to prayer meetings. I just can't do that. That's totally out of my capacity. So right, yeah, and be a dad, yeah. And uh, that's, yes. (laughs) It's been a very busy season the last four years, we'll just say that. But uh, we're in this place now where we're diving deep where we need partnership to see forth the will of God in our lives. Which we're excited. God's gracious and good. Yeah. Is there anything else I should share? Has cards. Yes, and Fike has giving cards. And if you want to connect with us, please just connect with us. Talk to us. We have emails and if you have stuff. Yes, prophetic stuff or anything. Yes. So. Amen. Amen. Yeah. You here? So, um, so, yeah, as Caleb was saying, like, this is an interesting time for us personally to be like pursuing missions just um 
in like the literal sense because we now have two babies, we have a house that we keep talking about, like what are we gonna do with our house? Um, and stuff like that, we have a lot more just pr like real burden going on. Um, but um, it's kind of also exciting because it doesn't make sense. Um, and so I know like if God's bringing this around and I have no clue, like God's got it all figured out already. Um, and you know, I believe if God gives you the assignment, he already has that provision. Um, and that all we have to do is just step into whatever he has for us um, and uh, just have faith that he's our provider. And when you think about, like, the way, like, even just, like, all the prophetic stuff that we were sharing, like, God, like, worked all of that out and spoke things to us, like, years ago that would be, like, important to us later. And, um, but, you know, the way that God just weaves everything together, all I really have to do is just, like, show up. I just have to be there. And, and God has already worked it all out. Um, and I kind of, like, in my finite mind put limitations on God because I can't understand how he could do that. So I, I put my own limits on the Lord, um, but he, he takes care of everything. Um, and I, there's a lot of, can, there can be a lot of uh, frustration in the waiting period when things don't happen as quickly as we would like them to be. Um, but God always provides um, because he's a good father and he always makes a way. Um, so one of the things that I want to um, share with you guys today uh, is uh, something that I really took away from this past season is the weight of us being steadfast here in Richmond and continuing on with our assignment that we felt the Lord gave us even though we wanted to give up at times um, and just looking back and seeing how we helped pave the way for MAPS to be here and now there's something so much bigger than just us here in Richmond and reaching out to the world and how we were a big part of what, what happened there and what if we weren't there? You know, what if we weren't here helping out with the house of prayer and showing up and praying every week and things like that? Um, you know, it it might not there might not have been anything for maps to come to um, and stuff like that. So my question for you is: uh, Does God need you to stay steadfast in your assignment for His purpose and His glory? Um, is God calling you to stay where you are? And if you're feeling like you want to move on, do you need to realign your heart to his will? Um, sometimes, you know, I mentioned Caleb and I had wanted to move on, but God always told us to stay, and we chose instead to listen to God's will and not to follow our feelings. And we realigned our hearts to his will and his purpose. We repented. We, we submitted ourselves to the Lord. Um, and throughout, like, this whole past season of, of feeling you know, frustrated sometimes with things and things being difficult, God was really, really strengthening our hearts. Um, and um, sometimes there are certain issues where we kind of felt like we were just going around the mountain again and again with certain issues. Um, but each time we positioned our hearts to not get offended and continue on with our assignment and to not quit. Um, and I really believe offense and bitterness is very much from the enemy. And nothing stops up the work of God like offense and bitterness does. It's like a clog in your heart. Like, God can't move through you when you're offended and bitter. It's, it stops things up. Um, but conflict uh, has the uh, beautiful side to conflict, is that it is an opportunity for God to work on your heart. Um, even if conflict isn't fun, that is an opportunity for you to grow in the Lord and ask the Lord, okay, what needs to be worked on in my own heart, and what are you teaching me? And we're going from glory to glory. We're going from strength to strength. There's room for us to grow. 
Um, and I've gotten to the place now where I feel like I like bristle and like ugh, like get offended at stuff or people or whatever. Um, I know like this is an area that I got to surrender my heart to Jesus to make me more like him. Um, and sometimes like being offend not offendable um, is just as simple as just being more like easygoing and not nitpicking about things Um, and sometimes it's really like choosing to not be offended when you're justified justified in your offense Um, and I use air quotes around justified because in light of the cross and what Jesus has done for me me being upset about what another person has done to me doesn't really hold up it's just like the, the parable of the two debtors. Like, you know, it wasn't fair for the one who owed, uh, who owed so much and was forgiven to expect so little of, of, his, um, of his friend. It's, it's, not, it's not fair and it doesn't make sense. Um, so it's like uh, other, like, my, um, my righteousness is filthy rags compared to what the Lord has done. And I can't hold up uh, other people up to a high standard and in the same moment live a life forgiven in the blood of Jesus. So um, in uh, James 1, 2 through 4 in the ESV, um, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And then um, in the message, it also says, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so that you may become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Mm. That's a good verse. It's so key and so important to yield our hearts to the Holy Spirit and to keep ourselves soft. And he, the Lord just really um, will transform us in such a beautiful way if we allow him, if we don't say yes to offense and to bitterness and allow, Lord, allow the Lord to work on our heart. Um, there's a quote that I really like um, from a man, Richard Rohr, um, and it says, It is our experiences that transform us if we are willing to experience our experiences all the way through. And a lot of times, like, even um, something as simple as grief, we don't want to experience all the way through. We want to, you know, distract ourselves and try to detach from it instead of, you know, diving in deep with the Lord and letting him carry us through that season and make us stronger um, on the other side. Um, And um, another thing I really felt like Caleb and I grew in a lot was um, trusting in the Lord um, and we ultimately knew that we had to be wherever God had us, not where we thought was a good idea. Um, there's many, many examples of this in the Bible where people go to what they think is a good idea and ignore what the Lord tells them. It usually does not work out for them. Um, but um, in uh, uh, John uh, 6, uh, 66 through 69, Um, Jesus had once again given the disciples the metaphor of um, you must eat my my flesh and drink my blood to be in the kingdom of God. And then everyone gets offended and leaves because they don't understand. Um, And it says, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. And so Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. 
this has become very much Caleb and I's heart. We feel like, Lord, where else can we go? Like, Jesus, we are with you. I'm sold out for you, Jesus. I'm in love with Jesus. I can't do anything else than go where he's called me. Um, and I feel I must pursue him with my life. Um, and I love him so much. I love Jesus so much. And I just want to be where Jesus is. Um, in Galatians uh, 6, 9, it says, Let us not grow weary of doing good. In due season we will reap if we do not give up. And then in 1 Corinthians 9, uh, 24 through 27, Paul says, Do you not know in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive an, a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others I should myself be disqualified. I so, I'm so convinced that Jesus is worth it all, that there's no price too high for Jesus. And it's ultimately his mission that I'm called to serve and not my own. And I have a, another question. Are we uncomfortable, I'm sorry, are we willing to be uncomfortable to see Jesus' kingdom come? And sometimes being uncomfortable isn't like being physically uncomfortable. Like sometimes we're physically uncomfortable, like Paul being like shipwrecked or in chains or whatever, or sometimes like our very American mindset thinks like being physically uncomfortable means I have to sell everything and go live in a hut in Africa um, and stuff like that. Um, but we can be uncomfortable here in America and be very emotionally uncomfortable and not thriving um, and stuff, but there's still value to being obedient to the assignment God has you on even in that place of uncomfortability. Um, and another thing I really felt like uh, Caleb and I also grew in a lot was um, our discernment and uh, discerning why we had difficulty in our season. And this is very important. Sometimes there is um, difficulty in your season uh, because you're in the wrong place and you need to go. Um, sometimes you've outgrown where you are and you need to move on. Um, and it's kind of like a growing pains. Um, but I don't think that this is always the case. Um, and sometimes we have to stay faithful to see the fruit. There's five-year seeds, there's 10-year seeds, there's 20-year seeds, and if we give up, we don't see the fruit. Um, and some things are hard because just we're working with imperfect people who are also glowing from glory to glory and that are sometimes still making mistakes. Um, sometimes things are hard because we're in the right place and there's spiritual warfare, um, but Jesus is still greater than all of that than all of that spiritual warfare. Um, and uh, Jesus says in John uh, 16:33, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Mm. And I want to encourage you to listen for the voice of God, to let the voice of God be the driver in your life. Um, if you want to be obedient to him, God will help you to be obedient to him. If your heart is willing and you want to follow the Lord, he will show you the way. Um, like for Caleb and I, like we didn't have peace when we went to move back to PA the first time. And then um, when we were thinking about, you know, trying to decide if we wanted to join with MAPS or not, God gave Caleb a very clear word, um, just, you know, out of, out of the blue um, about staying here in Richmond and working with MAPS. Um, and sometimes there's patience uh, in the waiting because God isn't always as immediate as, things aren't always as immediate for God as they are for us. Um, and there's a good thing to be patient. Um, 
but um, I really also feel like God's grace is what carried us through this last season. Um, you know, we are, we choose to follow the Lord. Like, we give God our yes, but God gives us the strength and the grace to be able to follow him. Um, so I just have a few more thoughts for y'all, and I'm going to pray and wrap up. Um, but I want to ask you, is there something that the Lord needs you to be steadfast in? Is there something that you don't, that you shouldn't give up on just yet? Um, is there a relationship that you need to keep pouring into? Um, is there assignment that you shouldn't give up on? And something also to remember, it's not just about you. Other people reap the blessing of you staying in your assignment. And some people will also suffer the consequences of us giving up as well. Um, it's not just ourselves that we're staying for. Uh, at Galatians 6, 9, again, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. We're not just toiling for the sake of toiling. There's something, there's something there. So um, I'm going to just pray real quick for everybody, and uh, then we will be all done. <laughs> I'm almost done, I promise. <laughs> um, do you want to come up, Caleb, too? All right. All right, thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I just ask if there is um, an area in anyone's lives here today that they need to continue to be faithful in, that you would reveal it to them. And Lord, I ask that you would give everyone the strength to continue on, to keep fighting for your kingdom and for your glory. And Lord, I ask, uh, even if, if we have given up on something, sometimes it's even in our heart and in our attitude, Lord, I ask that you would realign our heart to your will and your purpose. Lord, I ask that you give us the grace to stay faithful and to keep following you, to keep moving forward. Lord, last week gave me a prophetic word for the church we were shared at. So I just feel the same word. I'm just going to repeat it again. So I felt like the Lord is bringing into a harvest season for many people in this room. But in a harvest season, the Lord was saying you need to take courage. Take that. That courage is when you don't see a thing. But he's saying, do it anyway. So I just want to speak courage to your hearts in this room. I feel like the Lord just wants you to step out into those things that you don't always see. You don't always see the next step. You don't always see the next place. But the Lord just say, step. Step with me, my child, for I'm with you. In this heart, and I just declare a harvest season over every single one of you. That the Lord will restore the things that the locusts have eaten. He will restore relationships. will restore family members. Restore marriages. Restore finances. Restore the dreams and passions of your heart. We just speak a harvest in this house, Jesus, that there will be a restoration of all the things that the enemy has taken, and a greater harvest of dreams, a greater harvest of vision, a greater harvest of fulfillment. Father, we speak over our hearts that you are a good, good Father. We trust in your grace to carry us through every season. And as Joanna prayed, we just say, I just declare that we will step through the seasons, Father, that you are good and faithful. You are good and faithful over us. We just, I just declare healing over every heart in this room. And we just declare that there will be a hope in every heart that no, nothing can quench in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. So we want to keep on encouraging you guys. Even this week, if there's something, even that word of courage, and even just keep on pressing in, if there's something the Lord has been stirring in your heart for a season to keep on stepping into, or if it's a relationship or a thing, I just want to encourage you to step out and do what the Lord is saying. Just release everyone. Yeah. I just want to invite you guys. We do have giving cards um, if you want to partner with us, but feel free to talk to us. We're, we don't bite too much. Um, <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Great. Let me encourage you. Uh, I think. Uh, maybe the, our ushers will have uh, these response cards. And um, uh, you can respond in a number of different ways. Uh, like you may say, uh, you know, uh, we want to become monthly partners with you guys. Or we want to give a special gift. Or, you know, uh, right now we, we would like to just be able to really pray for y'all. And you can be on their email list. And uh, so there's a number of different ways that you can, you can help. Yeah. Our, uh, our overall goal right now, we're shooting for mid-February, hopefully to be around $1,500 a month. That pushes me to a part-time. Um, and hopefully through the next season, we'll get to $2,500, which is income replacement for me. That's which is really, really valuable. It's time frame. But for sustainable mission work, especially in the Middle East, you see everything, just flights and everything. It's around 5000 some dollars per month of support we'll need. And uh, which sounds like a lot to me, but I don't think it's much at all. Right. <laughs> so I was able to do it. Yeah, and we'll probably need more. We'll, through the year, we'll give updates. We have certain lump sum trips, you know, we'll need. Uh, and we have a few uh, possible visits. Yeah, yeah. Some of the so I can just share some of the practicals. Yeah, this year, um, what our goal is for 2020 is to dive into the Maps culture. We plan on going through their ministry school, um, not as it were, more as like a student staff, so that we can dive and serve their ministry and their missional purposes in the Middle East more effectively. So that's a, really the big financial goal is to be able to free up enough of my time to be able to do that and some of the ministry stuff by doing. I'm trying to decrease my organizing of prayer so I can more get into a preparation season. So the 1500 so I get enough time to start hopefully doing some of that schooling. Um, $2,500 so we can do more of the schooling or we get more time to be able to do it. Um, and then hopefully in 2021, we'll be starting prepping for some more extended work. And that will be where we're shooting for 5000 and doing some language training and cultural stuff. And yeah. Great. Great. Praise God. That was a good question. And um, amen. Uh, Wayman, I want to ask you to come up here with me. Wayman is uh, sort of a chairman over our missions committee right now. And can you stand up and come up here? <laughs> hmm. I don't know. My definition of coming up here must be different from yours. You know, <laughs> I know I love springing things on this man. No, I just want to, I want to pray over y'all. Okay, and I thought I'd have Wayman come up here also. And so let's all stand up. We're going to pray over Caleb and Joanna, and you will be dismissed. And if anybody needs prayer, 
this morning for anything at all. Uh, I felt like the Lord put really in my heart because you've been sharing a lot about your journey towards your destiny, your journey towards your dream. And, uh, and we're all on a journey for our dream. And maybe you're at a place where you just feel like, you know, Doug, I don't, I'm not seeing anything. <laughs> or what I thought I would see is not working out that way. And I'm a bit discouraged. And I do want to serve God. I do want to be in the midst of his destiny. But I'm just not sure where that's at right now. So I believe there, there, are, there are a number of people here that that's kind of where you're at. And so we'd like to have opportunity uh, to be able to pray with you. So if you're a part of the prayer ministry team, I want to encourage you to come up here. And um, so we can do that after the service, okay? All right. Thank you. Father, we thank you for Joanna and Caleb. Father, we thank you for the journey that they've been on and it has, has been molding their hearts. God, been, it's been uh, divinely sit, you know, putting them in the right place at the right time for the right thing. And so, Father, I know sometimes uh, our vision of our journey is a little bit different than what, how it actually works out. But God, we still find ourselves right where we, we realize, well, that's where I want to be. And so, Father, I thank you, God, that you're preparing them in this next year for this next step for their life to be involved, God, uh, in, in other nations, Father, to be involved in this year in, in just being a part of MAPS Global, Father, and so many things. And I speak, Lord God, over them the provision that they need. I thank you, Father, that you are able to speak to people's hearts and have them to know, I want to be a part of that and be able to be a partner with this amazing couple, Father. So I thank you, Lord God, for your grace over them, your grace for them, and all that they're stepping into, Lord God. And I thank you, Father, it's just how you're going to so, so well take care of their family as, they, as they're on this journey. Thank you, Jesus. Many of you have heard me say on many occasions that Harvest is a mega church. We just don't have the parking lot. And, you know, I, I've been here long enough to know that the spiritual effect of harvest has extended throughout the globe. I know that there are corners of this world that we have not seen and have not experienced where harvest is at work. You know, when, uh, when we were up here earlier um, during the commissioning, I felt like I should say something about this vision I had for Harvest several years ago. Many of you have heard this, but I think it's appropriate to say it now because in practice, it applies to much of what these two amazing people are doing. But, you know, the Skiddas were here for a couple of years and then they left and went back to South Africa. And Jan was traveling throughout the Middle East 
and I had this vision, and this is about an eight-year-old vision, where Talita was pushing a baby carriage down the street of Dubai. And suddenly this woman approached her, looked into this carriage and said, that's a harvest baby. And I know that that's very prophetic, not just for children's ministry, but for missions that we support. And I know part of Doug's motivation to bring me up here to talk is to encourage me to have a meeting of our missions committee, which we haven't had in over a year. So I, I, I received the message. I didn't know my pastor was into shaming, but <laughs> I have been shamed. So soon, <laughs> so anyway, we will be having a meeting soon. Uh, and if you have a heart for missions and missionaries, uh, our next meeting, what we are going to do is we're going to review all of our current missions and missionaries add some, delete some, and just uh, pray to hear what the Lord is telling us about the tentacles of harvest throughout the world. But I know in my knower that harvest is not just a mega church, but there is an exceptionalism associated with harvest that all of us need to be in tune to. I, I think for those of you who, who have had limited experience in churches like this, there's a lot that you assume and a lot that you take for granted. This is an exceptional church. And I can say that um, because I've been a Baptist, a, Mes a Methodist, a Presbyterian, Episcopalian. I, I just found out the other day that I might even be Jewish. Boy, they. <laughs> so, this I, I can. This is a qualified statement from my heart. This is an exceptional house of worship, and we need to understand what that means. And this is an exceptional young couple. They've been in my house. I've prayed with them, prayed over them. I've broken bread with them. I know where their heart is. And I can tell you that um, they will not be with us long. The Lord is about to reach into the heart and soul of harvest and take them away and send them to a place, to use Caleb's word, where there are so many people who don't know the Lord. Jesus would say, how... How easy it is to you to be a missionary in a country where people already know who Jesus is. That's what he would say. And so he's saying to this couple, it will be hard, but you are prepared. Amen. All right. Okay, guys, thank you so much. I know our children probably are 
I saw, I heard them out here. They were escaping uh, out on the deck. So, uh, so God bless you. If you if you would like to receive prayer, there'll be some people up here that would love to pray with you. Okay, God bless you now. Bye bye.